Hello and welcome. In our previous podcast with Nalini and Shekhar from Hasirudala Innovations, you heard about the enormity of India's waste problem and the twofold ramifications it entailed. On one hand, our landfills are growing to unsustainable levels, and on the other, waste pickers continue to be an exploited and an unvulnerable lot. In our podcast with Hasirudala Innovations, we learned about how waste can be segregated, collected, and managed effectively and sustainably. Today, we'll continue on this journey of tracing this waste further and exploring how can we find value at the end of this waste tunnel. Like we mentioned earlier, about 90% of the waste that goes to the landfills can either be recycled or processed to productive use. While the dry waste seems to have an ecosystem of players to manage and recycle, wet waste or organic waste is a whole new challenge altogether. About 70% of the food waste generated in India ends up in landfills and emits harmful greenhouse gases. Today, we'll double click on this organic waste problem and discuss on how can it be effectively managed and what is the role of innovations and entrepreneurs in this value chain. Hello and welcome to Taking the Leap, a unique podcast by Social Alpha where we showcase passionate entrepreneurs who are on a mission to drive economic growth, social justice and climate action through the power of market creating innovations. And I am your host, Srikanth. Today, I have a dear friend, an ex-colleague, and a passionate entrepreneur, Ashish Dutt, to dissect this topic of waste to value for all of us and also talk about his innovative venture, SAF Energy. Literally meaning clean energy, SAF Energy aims to incentivize the value chain to segregate and manage waste better, closer to the source. On that note, Ashish, a warm welcome to Taking the Leap and hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, Srikant. It's an honor to be here. I'm super excited. Great, uh, great to start early day, uh, early morning with you. And uh, uh, so, Ashish, uh, let's get started. Uh, then this is the typical way we do it that we ask the uh, entrepreneurs joining us um, a quick uh, introduction about their venture. Uh, so, can you introduce SAF Energy to all our listeners in a couple of minutes? And imagine this is your elevator pitch. Okay, great. Yeah, sure. So SAF Energy is a next-gen biogas startup supported by Social Alpha. Uh, we build plug-and-play containerized modular mobile biogas systems uh, for treatment and source for decentralized in-situ transformation of organic waste into biogas, uh, biofertilizer, and quality of life. Great, and then definitely we'll touch upon all, all, all the aspects you just mentioned uh, and for, go further into the details as we go along in the podcast. But it's always interesting and exciting to know about the founder's journey. Uh, a lot of the listeners listening to this podcast will be potential or aspiring entrepreneurs and uh, we, they definitely get inspired by you know founders uh, from uh, and, and, and the journeys they have lived. So maybe Ashish, if you want to take a few minutes uh, to talk about your journey leading up to SAF, so, and I know personally that you have had a very colorful journey with a mix of, you know, experiences right from studying from best institutes, uh, dabbling between innovation, entrepreneurship, right, right, you know, early in your career and later wearing that, uh, you know, investor hat, which is uh, much coveted investor hat. And while one would have, one would have thought that, you know, you would find comfort in listening to B plans and deciding on the fate of uh, other founders, you chose to become one again. So would love to hear this journey leading up to SAF. Sure, sure. It's a, it's been a, it's been a rocky road. It's been a roller coaster of a ride, and uh, 
first and foremost i think you know when i look back uh to where, how did i want to get into this waste management space uh sometimes as an entrepreneur you know you just get so bogged down and lines get blurred and you forget where it all started where the seed was planted and when i look right. back now uh you know there was a time where i would go around cleaning the ring road this inner ring road between domlur and uh, right. uh, indranagar and koramangla and i remember i had forgotten about this until my parents or someone in the family reminded me that i would get into the car with a broom with a bucket and go around in the middle of the night and literally like park the car and and you know clean the edges of the ring road because i used to find it like such a beautiful road that was the time where there was right. like complete uh, you know forests on both sides it was a newly right. built road and then you would find trash on all the sides you know on the sides in the middle everything so i guess this this is it started way back there then i would notice your know, things that maybe other people wouldn't notice as much mm-hmm. you know like if you things about our city even today if you drive from uh, on the hosu road you see those open nalas they've been there 30 years as long as we've been around you know right. so i think that's where it all started went to university and um, after 4 years in the netherlands and the uk and coming back from lse you know i think my heart was always set in doing something uh, in the waste management space no oh, wonderful and and uh, how, how how long back was this this uh, the, the road cleaning part was it during your school days school days school days this oh, was high wonderful. school high school so, days and you know that's the thing it just didn't seem like a big deal then it just something right. that even to i had forgotten was not until it was reminded to me some time ago it was just something came naturally so why i'm bringing up the story is maybe sometimes those are the shoots and the roots right. of that that idea uh you know your baby so to speak as an entrepreneur i think you don't know where it will come from and when right wonderful and then then you yeah you mentioned you studied at uh, netherlands and then london school of economics uh, where you did your masters so then why did you choose to come back like uh, you you could have uh, maybe you know looked at some of the jobs uh, in in europe which again was very very you know you would have got a lot of options in these areas right of uh, climate action or you know environment and etc so so yeah talk me through your journey of you know coming back and you also started an entrepreneurial venture in in, in india right right so so i think for both professional and personal reasons i was always hell bent on coming back mm-hmm. uh and i was also paranoid that if i started working there you know i would get sucked into uh staying on there for a long time and i think the main reason was apart from family and uh you know it was the fact that i think i felt that we could add a lot more value uh to to the economy uh, being in a developing country like india Right. it was much more for us to give back and much more for us to give and of course the fact that the market at that time especially you know india was seen as this uh, rising economy there was a global financial recession hitting the rest of the world including us but we were less affected so putting all those all those factors together i mean it was a no brainer it wasn't even something i thought about the day i submitted my thesis that evening we friends friends of ours we went out uh so we we went out and had a wonderful farewell evening and then straight to the airport and back to bangalore wonderful wonderful and yeah i mean uh, completely relate to what you just said and and yes i mean uh, not just the india growth story perhaps also the learning that you would uh, not want to miss out on of you know being in that uh, 
growing economy and uh, trying something and and then yeah you, you did you did you start your uh, stint uh, with green elephant uh, state uh, state after and how did that happen and you want to talk about that and also the social alpha journey post that yeah sure 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 so uh, in honestly i uh, i was at the crossroads when i came back i was 21 22 uh, with the masters uh, why did i not go for a job i think that's a that's a, a question that you know only i can answer in the sense that i just found it very very difficult i'm a bit of a rebel kind of a character and uh, apart from social alpha i keep telling manoj and i mean it i don't think i could have done a job anywhere else so right. one one was i think a job was also never on the agenda right. but within the uh, entrepreneurship space you know it took me a while to figure out what i wanted to do so initially we were doing some kind of environmental consulting we had identified the problem i think my partner and me at the time who's now an investor along with social alpha and stuff uh, right. i think we had we were like very early we were talking about sewage treatment we were talking about wastewater recycling we were talking about you know waste management when no one else was talking about this was mm-hmm. way back in maybe 2012 2010 to 2012 but at the same time you know we were also we didn't have a very clear focus uh so it took a while before we found our feet and then you know got in touch uh and came together with green elephant it just so happened that way like most other things in this journey of mine uh, very little is yeah. planned and it's a combination of you know stumbling around and uh arma and kismat and uh right. roller coaster right so we green elephant happened in about uh, 2014 if i'm not right. mistaken uh it, it and we were doing some really really good work and i became a promoter and a shareholder at mm-hmm. the time i think green elephant was the first mover and a pioneer in uh, anaerobic digestion both at the small scale and at the large scale in the small scale to give you one example you know there was a system at volkswagen which is 7 8 years still running and it's it's absolutely world class uh we get we would get visitors from all over the world not just india uh to see this kind of an in situ decentralized uh unit and i think that that is partly inspiration for saf because i i was I absolutely so. in love with that particular biogas plant whenever i had a bad day at work i would just go to volkswagen get my gate pass go in there and i remember this one thing when we asked the customers do you have any complaints any areas for improvement they told us that you know the only thing we should tell you is that uh, there are people sleeping inside your a uh, container at night inside your biogas plant so my reply to them was this is the best compliment that i think any biogas technology provider could ask for could you please put this testimonial on our website because if people are sleeping and bathing inside the biogas plant that means they think of it like a home you know and the second was a large scale project which was one of the first commercial bio cng projects in asia in india this was for bio cng was notified as a as an automotive uh, fuel so it was a fantastic learning curve wonderful and yeah i mean you did mention that uh, it somehow triggered your journey into saf eventually uh, but you did take a detour uh, into social alpha and uh, you know we worked together and it was wonderful times back then as we you know remind ourselves of that but how, how was wearing the investor hat all about and uh, yeah can you talk because you were on the other side of the table you know listening to you took uh, you obviously brought a lot of deals into social alpha so and we were still you know uh, proud of that fact but uh, how, how how was the wearing the investor hat and you know then you know that leading up to the journey with to saf 
Right. So at this point, I'll just take one step back and explain to the audience the transition because you know they must be wondering with all this great stuff happening in the first startup, the first innings, the green yeah. elephant innings, that you know what, how come what happened. So just to make sure that the story is clear, uh, and and for the sake of any co-founder out there or any founder out there, we it was a you know simple case of uh, a partnership falling out uh, and us mm-hmm. not having Ghana. your due diligence on the partner uh in the beginning of course they will have their side of the story but bottom line is both sides uh it didn't click so i was at mit for a conference uh pretty down and out pretty uh bummed out at the way things were going uh because all the hard work which was paying off we were doing projects overseas but at the same time it became clear that it was not very tenable for us to carry on uh in green elephant and that's when like a knight in shining armor i bumped into manoj and uh, just a two minute talk about biogas like this like what we're doing right now and right. you know manoj gave me a chance when i was down and out uh and and he said just take a break whenever you're you know back in the game please come over to social alpha and as they say the rest is history so so just want to just highlight the fact that you know in the in our worst moment and it really did take a toll like including like you know mental health and all that stuff because you put mm. something that was your baby and you you know you just suddenly feel betrayed and there's all this angst and sadness and anxiety about what next and that you have to start all over uh but you know the beauty of life is that at that point in time i got a different kind of exit i didn't get the conventional exit but i got right. the exit into social alpha <laughs> or yeah for us it is an entry of ashish and uh, you know you <laughs> still we still have legendary i think folklores on that <laughs> but uh, but wonderful and yeah and uh, i mean of course uh, you know you um, i know that you enjoyed your you know investor journey truly and that's you know the kind of deals that you worked on is a testimony to that and uh, and then yeah what was the trigger point i mean uh, you want to talk about that and as well as the trigger point of uh, going back into uh, entrepreneurship and stuff Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, Social Alpha was amazing, and you know, I think in hindsight, everything happens for the best. Everything happens for a reason because um, I hadn't really been exposed to the uh, impact investment, incubation, acceleration, all those opportunities out there. Even when we were running this, the previous startup that I was talking about, uh, you know, on the plus side, we were running it as a old-fashioned business. It had to be sustainable in its own cash flows. There was no such thing as you know incubation acceleration in my head at the time i was completely ignorant of all that stuff so one great thing apart from the you know financial modeling which shrikant you know i how much i picked your brains about it and how much i troubled you because i missed that uh, as a startup founder so one thing of course i loved about working at social alpha on the investor side was you know to touch base with my economics and uh you know a little bit more of the thinking stuff which sometimes is an operational kind of role in a startup you miss out on so that was right. the great thing and the second thing was of course having access to this entire network of people well wishers and understanding how this uh, entire startup journey works from the other side of the table so that was absolutely fascinating and extremely steep learning curve and also a learning curve that really really would help translate hopefully to a greater success now in the second innings here at saf wonderful 
No, no, I completely relate to you. Uh, and, uh, I think we all learned a lot uh, during those times uh, when, when uh, you know, we were figuring out stuff and yet, you know, kind of uh, coming out with deals and all of that. So wonderful. And, uh, and let's, just, let's now come to Sa. And maybe, Ashish, would you want to touch upon uh, the problem going after? Uh, sorry, my co-founder, uh, Augustus, is barking. Excuse me. Yeah. Was, I, I hope they. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, can you repeat the question, please? Yeah. yeah. So maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it was a wonderful to listen to your journey, uh, and and just uh, now starting with your journey at SAF, right? So uh, would you want to uh, you know mention to our listeners about the problem statement? Of course, it was the same kind of problem statement back in Green Elephant as well. So would you want to uh, tell maybe from your perspective how did you view the problem statement and how it translated to a big market opportunity that you know. You you decided to you know spend your life uh, next set of years on in your life with. Yes. Okay. So one is that why do I keep coming back to this problem, right? Because I really believe that this is a problem way beyond just you know wet waste being treated. You know, one way to look at biogas is okay, it's a biogas plant, it treats wet waste, great. But if you really look at biogas and it's I keep, you know, saying it's a, for me, it's a microcosm of India's development. If we get it right, okay, uh, we can be rest assured that India's development model will will work. And I say this because biogas is on the cusp of whether you look at the caste system, whether you look at the environment, whether you look at climate change, whether you look at clean cooking, whether you look at landfilling, you know, mm-hmm. whether you look at soil and water health, whether you look at agriculture. You know, biogas yeah. is the interface and the common link between all these things. So it, mm-hmm. it's just way more than just what do you do with your wet waste? I think if so, so one is why I'm obsessed with this problem is because I believe this problem is in itself, it's very significant. But two, it's also um, what do you call it? It's it's it says a lot about our overall development journey. Okay. Is it like a, a proxy to we developing in other areas as well? I mean, the way we have kind of developed in biogas and, and you feel uh, that the time has come right now. I mean, in terms of uh, this, this problem, because biogas we have been hearing for decades, right? So uh, do you think there's something different now in terms of uh, unlocking a huge market opportunity? I think one is the 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 fact that, you know, as a country develops and grows and 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 our population is also, you know, waste volumes are only going to go up. So uh, we all know the millions. I mean, after a point at 60 million, 100 million tons of, you know, you, we can go into those kinds of numbers. Uh, but there's there's a, a lot of waste out there. Right. And if you look at what you talked about in your last podcast, uh, our fellow startups are doing some amazing work on the dry waste side, uh, you know, enhancing and harnessing the power of waste pickers. Uh, and those informal recycling networks, trying to formalize them and so on. So what about the wet waste, right? What about the wet waste, which is 60 to 70% of the total contribution of Indian MSW, of which another 60, 70% ends up in landfill. And in landfills, you know, you have, again, the flip side of the biogas story is the landfill story, where you have CO2 emissions 21 times more potent. You have leachate going into your water and soil. You have health issues, sanitation issues. You've got, you know, a rural urban kind of a dynamic, which is not fair, which is unequal. Uh, uh, You have all these problems. You have huge collection costs. All the money goes into collection. What about treatment and processing? You know, we don't have that 
space in our country. So where do you throw it? So not in my backyard. You go dump it outside someone else's village, right? And you've had protests. People have lost their lives. So, uh, you know, this is, this is that, that's what I'm trying to say. I always try to keep in mind the big picture, right. you know, and then when you go and pitch to a client who has 500 kgs per day of waste or one ton per day of waste, you know, you, it, you, it, it keeps you grounded that this is just, right. this is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. Yeah, and completely agreed. Uh, the the so many intended and unintended consequences of you know this problem of waste, like you just described, and you know the dimensions just get complicated as you as you go further deep into it. Uh, so so now now let's come to the, of course the problem is huge and uh, it looks like it's a great opportunity right now. And you know there's a lot of I think uh, consciousness as well as you know an attempt or an effort across the cities to you know now look at their waste as you know uh, like uh, where landfills are not a sustainable solution and i'm sure the you know city municipalities are realizing it now so so uh, so would you want to talk about the business model of sap so how do you take this as a the problem and you know consider it as a market opportunity and you know go to market with sap so uh, yes. what is sap you know in terms of its value proposition who are their customers what's the revenue model like right so so that's the thing. Now, in this big complexity of, of the of the problem in India, we've talked about uh, overseas. If you look at it, I just want to mention this just to before we move into the solution need and solution side. Uh, right. Overseas, according to the BCG recent report in the United Nations, 1.6 billion tons of food waste uh, going wasted every year and growing. Uh, this has 1.2 trillion dollars in terms of losses to the economy, to the global economy. It impacts about 1 billion people in terms of uh, the fight against global hunger and malnutrition. We all know the post-harvest losses of 30-35%, almost one-third of all the food that's grown and produced gets wasted. So this is a huge problem. It's It's been declared food waste and has been declared a UN Sustainable Development Goal. It's been declared as an emergency. And it contributes a staggering 8% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Okay, so it's not just an Indian problem. It's a global problem is what I want to highlight. Now, in this entire thing, it's easy to get carried away and be like, where do you start? You know, where do you right. where do you start? So after all these years of trial and error, I think this time at SAF, we want to keep it as complex as the problem may be. We want to simplify the solution as much as possible. We want to basically say, treat your wet waste at source treat it at source decentralized don't transport it here and there everywhere uh, in situ systems circular economy is the buzzword these days right okay but basically have a sol solution which you can have in your front yard okay and what should be right. the key design parameters okay uptime in any biogas plant or waste management uh, uh, technology the most important thing is your plant uptime. This is a 24-7, 365 day industry, whether it's, it doesn't right. matter whether there's a recession, whether there's a wedding, there's a funeral, whatever it is, whether there's a birth, this is, you're going to have waste 24-7, 365 days. Maybe it goes up and down a bit, but the waste is going to come. So your plant has to run. So uptime, performance, hygiene, I think something which we feel is a big gap, you know, Biogas companies and technology providers are trying to solve a waste so-called dirty problem. And then, if, right. you know, if your solution is not clean, then what is the point? So right. those are the things that we're emphasizing and the last of which is, of course, safety. So 
basically brings us to our the need the need we identified is the need for decentralized in situ circular economy valorization systems which transform the food waste or wet waste into value added products like renewable energy and organic manure which all of which can be used on site for replacement of fossil fuels in the form of lpg or power or in the form of petro petrochemical based fertilizers right we know the kind of problem which we have in our country so that's the need and now the solution is what we've talked about uh these containerized lego ikea type modules right mm -hmm. uh, one of the big issues in biogas has been uh the epc part you know there's a so we're trying to take the c out of bio uh, out of the epc and look at eps look at sale and supply of these systems which are like lego blocks ikea blocks and you can you know like a jigsaw puzzle uh, a play around right. with different modules and 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 then serve different capacities different waste streams and different biogas applications typically we do it in the range of around 0.5 to 5 tons per day and beyond that of course you know with my co-founder we've not talked about he's got right. uh, almost two decades of experience in biogas in germany in india including one of the first and largest commercial scale multi feedstock based biogas plants in the country which is still running successfully today you know so we can do any type of organic waste stream uh different capacities uh different biogas applications so no doubt about that but as far as the score of saf goes the business model is plug and play modular containerized scalable biogas technology uh which can be shipped made in india made for the world and shipped uh to our end customers location wonderful wonderful and what a way to put it and i really liked the analogy of you know treating it like lego blocks or you know ikea kind of solutions but but i would like love to take a uh, detour uh, to your co-founder whom we didn't talk about right so you know how did you meet uh, isam and uh, um and and yeah uh, and like you said you know he's bringing a lot of value in terms of uh, the vast experience of uh, working with these solutions earlier so would you want to talk about that right so i met isam because like i mentioned both of us were involved in two of the first and largest commercial scale biogas plants in the country i was in right. uh, pune satara side he was in uh, namakal this iot maba gas project where he was the key technologist and uh, that's how we met because it's a small space there were not too many of these uh large scale we're talking 250 tons 500 tons 600 ton per day kind of projects so that's right. how we met and then it just so happened again karma kismat when i was starting off saf he was he had spent 7 8 years back and forth between india and germany and he was also looking at the next uh, next step and after several rounds of you know discussion we realized that uh not only do we complement each other in terms of uh our biogas experiences but also in terms of uh, you know personalities wonderful yes and of course that's very very important <laughs> no wonderful and uh, and and i also realized that you touched a lot upon uh, the decentralized part and the circular economy right and and uh, obviously the the big question always uh, comes in in such kind of you know decision points is you know is it viable at a smaller scale kind of a thing uh, and and here is where i also bring the concept of innovation what is innovation in saf like is it is the technology itself or the way you are kind of manifesting that technology in 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 those modular sizes and and yeah just if you want to you know connect these dots on on the scale the decentralized part of it and the innovation part yeah right so the whole why we are different what makes us unique especially since biogas is is not new in itself it's been there for a few hundred years so i think 
innovation and technology it depends how we define it if we define it as a, like closer to the word invention you know we're certainly not inventing anything okay sure. and nor are we reinventing anything okay but in terms of if we look at let's let's take two amazing examples which we all in our own way aspire for like let's talk about apple let's talk about tesla right uh, what have they done we call it innovation right and i'm sh- they are highly innovative products but they're still computers and they're still electric vehicles and they're not right. the only ones in the world who are making them right so right. we see ourselves in in that sense of being innovative uh i think we want to productize biogas as much as possible uh right. which especially being a biological process you know the the challenge is harder and the second thing is like you mentioned uh, already usually these prefab preassembled uh, type systems are available in the market for maybe 500 kgs per day 1 ton per day and so on but we want to move the needle forward to basically make these systems uh, by adding multiple modules multiple digesters plug and play etc uh, we want to basically be able to scale them up to 5 10 tons per day and so on so in that sense that will also make us uh, stand apart the fact that at these capacities we can also provide decentralized containerized right. modular systems and finally like i mentioned to you it's about really the engineering of the solution uh, it's about selecting you know it's about selecting each and every nut and bolt each and every valve and flange you know that's mm-hmm. the kind of detailing which we want to go into uh, to make sure that the user experience of the end customer is something that they've never ever imagined from a waste right. to energy facility or from a waste to energy technology wonderful and yeah, in, in a way and ashish it's, it's serendipity right you know you're covering all all that we keep talking about access affordability and user experience and in in its own way you kind of described it and how well it has come out in in the final product which of course will make it uh, you know uh, make make that option uh, in a wider scale uh, just to close that uh, you know thought or the the point uh, what is the kind of range uh, of you know uh, tons per day kind of a thing you uh, you uh, cater to right now you said it's modular but you know what's the kind of typical range so that any listener uh, having these use cases might uh, reach out to you as well yeah so our target market are the bulk waste generators okay mm-hmm. bulk waste generators could be corporates business parks um mm-hmm. it campuses large hotels and resorts uh mm-hmm. municipalities real estate zones uh farms food processing units uh etc uh so th- this would be our bulk organic waste generator segment uh and i- along with that uh we would also especially for the overseas markets work with adjacent uh waste management companies who are providing right. waste management solutions in their respective markets which don't have this technology but would like to add it to their portfolio so in a way funnily enough the outsourcing model which we've actually tried tested and proven in the case of uh, a project in the united arab emirates now almost running for a few years now successfully right. by touchwood so these this is our segment of course now latest uh, uh, entrant to the segment would be the mini mini grid developers and operators there's a big boost not just in india but even in the us so we would also like to provide technology to mini grid developers uh, coming to the uh, scale right now we're offering systems the standardized systems between 0.5 and 5 tons per day 
depending upon the substrate waste depending upon the application and the site conditions so this is right where we provide you the same containerized lego ikea type model beyond that as i mentioned if the project gets bigger than that uh, we mm-hmm. are happy to engage more on a uh, customized custom basis, basis. Yeah. wonderful so great and uh, it's wonderful uh, ashish that you you've been preempting um, a lot of our government's initiatives you did you did swachh bharat you know while you were in school and then you seem to be doing atmanirbhar bharat with you know exporting <laughs> uh, outsourcing india's technology to to uh, outside as well so wonderful <laughs> kudos to you on that i know but thanks a lot i mean long way to go there's a i agree i do agree that you know with all humility that i think we've been on the right track and uh, m- you know but now it's about execution uh, that's right. that's really we're going to have to move into the execution phase uh, yeah. and 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 that's what the and proof is really in the pudding at the end of the day so and then that's where we wanted to get next and uh, it's still early days i know for you it's it's been it's been a couple of years and you know we all all, all had covid last year but uh, how would you describe your early days of going to market with this technology what has been the traction with saf so far and and yeah and just touch upon your early days of uh, selling yeah so basically mid 2019 is when we officially launched um saf and uh, by the you know grace of god and fortune of we had social alpha coming in as a seed uh, investor along with uh, another co-investor that i mentioned who's been involved in this roller coaster ride from day one a dear friend of mine so we raised uh, you know the seed fund from there and the the, the main objective of the seed funding is uh, is really to have our demo demo systems up and running right 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 now in the last about 18 months or so we've acquired three uh, you know marquee clients uh, like one is a french company we're working with in uae uh, one is kia motors and we've recently just done a uh, a system at uh, one of india's leading aerospace industries outside bangalore so uh, they basically have seven factories globally and they are the oems to all your big uh, you know air industry guys like boeing and airbus and so on so that was a really really prestigious uh, project for us to be awarded and uh, the next step now really would be to a see whether we can uh, extend the seed round or raise a follow on uh, a post seed round really with the focus of uh go to market and scale up we have these systems i mean for any other entrepreneur i must say in india on uh it doesn't matter it's like cricket right it doesn't matter if you've scored 10000 runs you've set up two big biogas plants and you have all it all this track record in a way it means very little when you're starting a new company mm-hmm. you have to rebuild that track record so maybe there's a the the time taken to rebuild people will give you more opportunities but having said that one thing to keep in mind is that when you have a new legal entity and you're starting from scratch again okay mm-hmm. you are a startup you are a startup it doesn't matter whether you've done 500 tons per day before or not so right. this was the first uh, goal to kind of rebuild our track record and how do you do that by acquiring a few marquee paying customers and having a couple of demo installations on the ground in india and overseas and that's that's where we are right now wonderful so 
and yeah and yeah you're looking to raise uh, some more funds and we'll we'll come to that as well but 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 then you know uh, just just to understand how would you navigate through this bulk generator market you you have any strategies in mind would you partner would you be, would you be partnering with you know organizations other companies in the space uh, can you walk us through your kind of strategy for the next uh, 24 months let's say uh, as you scale up uh, from these pilot plants to maybe a few dozens of installations yes in india our beachhead market is going to be the uh, corporate and industrial canteen market that's our food waste you know okay. th- that's our beachhead market the kia motors the aquises of the world we're just going to focus on that uh as as a strategy uh you you know that that's going to happen through several channels one is word of mouth one is you know digital marketing linkedin uh linkedin and google have been very successful uh for us so far even without any proper strategy on that front you know just through playing around on linkedin and google I'm happy to tell you that we got off one of our orders entirely online which is something wow. which is uh, a com- like a blessing in disguise of covid i would say the same order would have taken me or taken us 10 visits to the customer multiple revised bids multiple quotes but because of covid everything happened online everything happened right. much faster and uh that was something that actually went in our favor so uh that and also has taught us that this b2b channel uh digital marketing channel could be one of the ways in which we can reach out to prospective customers so it will be a combination of that word of mouth and our old networks connects with consultants in this space mep consultants kitchen consultants uh, and so on as far as the indian market goes as far as the international market goes uh, we have identified a few markets which we want to focus on in the next 24 months and those markets will obviously be approached through a channel partner a local partner on the ground so uh is similar to the model that i was telling you about for uh united arab emirates so we've got a middle eastern partner there like a friend a french company we work with and that ma- that model is something which we've now tried tested validated we would like to uh, uh copy paste that model for other markets as well wonderful no makes sense and uh Uh, you touched upon covid and uh, that's where i want to take a detour and like uh, i mean it seems to uh, me that you know there there has been a positive impact of covid but uh, is that all uh, what have your journey through covid been and uh, have there been many learnings uh, have there been any hiccups would you want to talk about that yeah i mean honestly it's you know for us covid we were we were we had just launched right i think we would have faced right. similar, similar uh challenges irrespective of whether covid or no covid right so i think uh, right. it's easy to say that hey we didn't these numbers could have been much better had it not been for covid i don't really buy that uh, i think we would have had to prove ourselves uh, with the first couple of installations and paying customers in any case and right. i don't think covid really hampered that in fact i just gave you one example where covid may even have helped us close an right. order which would have otherwise taken a few more months to close so uh having said that of course you know people were working from home there was you know accessing people pitching to people uh all those issues were there meeting people a lot of this in india especially you know people don't give you a 30 40 50 lakh order uh without meeting you face to face 
that's just our culture right, right? right. so of course those angles were there it made even operating a biogas plant you know uh, it made it made us it made it tougher for us to uh, do some of the things that we wanted to do at the at one of our project sites so we got a bit held up on on on, on the implementation front you know because i couldn't even cross the border for example so right. the, all those issues were there which definitely may have had an impact but i think the bigger impact is going to be long term and positive which is this huge huge push towards climate towards uh, hygiene towards sanitation i think all those things are only going to help us in the long run so maybe this has been a bit of a short term uh, blip or a short term uh, you know a slight hiccup but i think right. in the long term it will have significantly positive uh, repercussions and consequences yeah, yeah. for any business in the clean tech space uh, in the waste management space uh, especially right. uh, ones like staff right no that, that that sounds uh, great and uh, you you did mention of how you know uh, one of the consequences of uh, covid has been that people have generally come online and maybe you know accessing those uh, big customers market customers now perhaps is a little more easier at least to get the door open and 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 then of course you know uh, maybe perhaps your current installations will uh, do their magic in terms of uh, converting them and i think this is a common uh, story or a insight from all other sectors as well as you know um, generally the ecosystem has come more online so wonderful uh, listening to all of this uh, uh, ashish and then uh, well, yeah the next part i just wanted to touch upon and uh, this is also for you know uh, entrepreneurs listening to you uh, in terms of raising funds of course you know uh, you you were part of social alpha family so you know uh, this is and i know that this is a standing offer from manoj that anyone wanting to step out and do things uh, you know they would have uh, social alpha blessings but uh, how was how was raising funds otherwise been i know you got a co investor as well and you're looking to raise funds now and now you're really you know hitting the market and you know pitching and all of that so uh, how has uh, raising investments for been for you and uh, and and of course talk about your you know next uh, next uh, steps with regard to that right so we we are also part of the manush labs uh, mit right. accelerator program we've been nominated for another program in sweden uh so so there are good things happening on that front and these you know with through these programs obviously meeting prospective investors uh has been good has been interesting uh we're just starting the fundraise uh mm -hmm. in terms of preparations of the fundraise the initial conversations but uh i think we're feeling quite positive and silently confident and optimistic right. um definitely i think the response to our the the next gen biogas plant the 2.0 has been really really exciting and really really motivating and right. uh, we're hoping that you know now investors will see value in in supporting our growth story right no makes sense and do you want to share some perspectives again you are operating in a very challenging sector of you know uh, actually deploying hardware solutions and you know you know you know the easy way out for a lot of investors and their you know investment mandates is to you know go for hugely scalable you know million users kind of you know apps and these kind of solutions online solutions so uh, in, in a way how would you weigh you know for any and this is a general question for any you know product based startups and we have had multiple discussions on this while at social alpha as well Uh, how do you see this whole product startup kind of and hardware startup kind of journey for entrepreneurs within social alpha do you think it's maturing do you see a sense of uh, difference now maybe 3 uh, years back versus versus 3 years back 
Oh, that's a tough question because <laughs> yeah. no, but, I mean, of course, you know, we're not going to have that kind of long, non-linear exponential, all product startups, I'm right. saying, you know, right. uh, but I think, remember, like you, we've always talked about, right. and I think I'm happy to wear that badge now. I think Social Alpha, more than anything else, Manoj, all of us, all of you guys have given each other that confidence of wearing that badge of a social enterprise, right? Right. We're mm-hmm. a for-profit social enterprise. So, right. you know, I'm very clear on upfront with any prospective investors uh, on that on that point that, listen, if you're going to only value uh, financial returns and the same with our customers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, small aside, biogas has been ranked as the highest per dollar impact in terms of compared to any other type of project out there and it's exponentially higher and this is by this organization independent organization called gold standard so Mm -hmm. recently i was you know that inspired me into really working out this whole uh financial returns versus total socio-economic environmental returns right? right and that's where we really come in and that's our story so uh it may be that we're a products hardware startup. It may be that, you know, we we don't have the kind of volumes, one million users, et cetera, that others might have. But there's also, remember, we talked about deep scale. We talked about right. every single installation has a 15-year day-in, day-out impact. Right. Financial, economic, environmental developmental impact and that is something we're trying to highlight not just to our customers but also to our prospective investors wonderful no and that makes sense and uh, and i'm sure yeah you you will have a uh, different kinds of investors would be interested in something like this and i think these trends are also increasing as we speak uh, and you know people are becoming more conscious to look at the la- big picture and the, the longer term impact that you know these solutions create while also you know as you mentioned earlier it's also very very financially viable uh, on on day one itself in terms of you know uh, the kind of throughput it gives and all of that so so wonderful i think uh, that's and good. Uh, yeah. Also, Shrikant, you know where I've always, we've always had those fun arguments in social alpha and stuff that end of the day, okay, apps are fantastic, but, you know, an app can optimize your supply chain and waste. It can make it more transparent. It can do all those things, but where does the waste go? Right. Right? right. Who's going to do that? Someone has to do that, right? Right, right. Of course. And, and, and yeah, we are all staring at that problem uh, uh, quite literally in our faces now and uh, and yes I'm, I'm i'm sure everyone would take uh, cognizance and notice of that big opportunity uh, i feel it's a huge opportunity and and uh, there will be a lot of investors jumping into that fray and and that's where you know that's where i i mean i'm not just saying this because i've been part of social alpha or whatever but the kind of confidence that social alpha has given some of us the kind mm-hmm. the, to, to basically go down this road again right and right. say that we have your back Mm-hmm. It's, you know, yes, the whole world wants software and apps and all this kind of stuff. But what does the country need? What does the world need as right. well? I mean, it it also needs these, you know, technologies, hardware, product oriented. Right. And, and that's really given us the wings to fly. Wonderful. 
No, completely agreed. And then, of course, uh, we uh, perhaps the, the next decade will be a lot about you know products and you know getting some of these things done, uh, which 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 are beyond uh, you know just apps and uh, software. Uh, wonderful, and in a way, you kind of preempted the next section I wanted to talk about on impact, and you did touch upon a lot on impact, and you know what, how, how does it, in a way, naturally fit into a business model, and that is the way I define a social enterprise. You know, it's 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 kind of seamlessly, uh, you know, your business model seamlessly kind of creates impact, and it's not like an afterthought. And uh, but but you know, in this context, again, taking a, like a meta picture, right, and not really SAF itself, but you know, how would you, what do you think is a social enterprise? And I know how, how I know who is a social entrepreneur. How, how does a social entrepreneur you know, optimize between impact, profitability, scale? You want to touch upon some of these concepts? Right, right. I think, I mean, like I said, I think it's uh, it's also values number one, right? It's how you think as an entrepreneur. It's uh, whether you're only looking always at the bottom line or you're looking at other things. Number one, so that it's as simple as that. Uh, right. Also, in terms of you know aligning economic and environmental objectives, fortunately, you know I'm in a space renewable energy and biogas even more so, where mm -hmm. really you know I, we've been shouting at the top of our rooftops for many many years now, saying that listen, there is there is no trade off here, you know mm -hmm. there is no trade off economic and environmental objectives in the case of biogas and renewable energy are aligned. They naturally align, right. you know, mm. financial sustainability and scalability and impact are all aligned here, right? The, right. There is no dispute on that. Okay. Right. The only thing, the only issue, the only thing that we have to try to be cognizant of is the timelines in terms of like, mm. what are the kind of return expectations that we keep harping on about? Right? right, that's where the slight difference comes in between, say, a SAF or a someone else. Right, in right. terms of financial returns. But otherwise, otherwise, I don't go into every kind of every day thinking, you know, okay, am I an impact entrepreneur? Am I a social entrepreneur? Am I a business entrepreneur? No, because I'm working on a problem, and I, we have a solution where right. we have already aligned those interests. And right. the next step is only to just keep driving down the and improving the unit economics so that the gap between the financial returns and the overall returns uh the delta keeps kind of converging that's it right no no it makes if complete the payback, sense if the payback yeah. period when i include hmm. all the externalities and impact benefits is three years but the payback period of investing in a SAF system just purely on financial basis is five years. You know, how do I keep, how do we can make that converge so that right. there's a, they come closer together? That's, that's, that's for me, that's the big question. Right. No, no, no. Perhaps this is also a financial engineering problem uh, to solve as you know, people look at this as a big opportunity. I'm sure there'll be, you know, uh, financing solutions that will come, which will, you know, which will take care of a lot of the scale up and in the, the working capital or the, you know, or, or the you know, project finance capital part. But uh, in, inherently, you know, these uh, solutions, which are like quite innovative as to what you're building, still get kind of uh, uh, funded uh, from from, you know, equity sources, etc. 
No, wonderful. And and of course, what you mentioned, Ashish, is uh, quite reflective of the sector and all. I mean, I, I want to extrapolate that, you know, this uh, patience in, in the exit, uh, you know, is something uh, perhaps uh, quite characteristic because otherwise, you know, anyways, investors would have jumped into those opportunities even before they were called impact, right? So... And then yeah, maybe uh, very quickly on on future plans, we did t- we talk we did talk a lot about that. Uh, do you want to talk about any products? I mean, I I know that you recently did a LinkedIn campaign on uh, what you call as gas bag, right? And uh, what are those? Are they the you know, different manifestations of the larger uh, plug and play models? Um, uh, would you want to talk about what's in store uh, in the immediate future for you? And 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 a little bit on a fast forward five year picture as to where do you see SAF going? Yeah, on the innovation side, you know, like I said, since we're not reinventing the wheel, we have to, uh, you know, be inspired a bit by the Tesla and Apple, that kind of approach, but also look at incremental innovations in and around the biogas plant, uh, which is, for example, the mobility of biogas, right? The mobility of biogas is an area which we're really going to work on and focus on because one of the big barriers to adoption and scale of biogas has been Uh, The fact that it's not a very mobile fuel, right? Either you have to use it on site or you have to go down this entire bottling, upgradation, purification, high pressure compression route. So we're going to be working on this. So all of these things, we we basically did a trial with this biogas backpack that you're talking about where for communities. So for example, for mini grids, like where you cannot have a physical cooking gas grid infrastructure, or a piped gas network, you know, can we have a virtual grid? And what do you mean by that virtual grid? So in this sense, what we had was a biogas backpack where people can just come, fill, and, you know, return on foot to their homes, connect it with the biogas kit, uh, cooking stove kit, and use the gas for one day or two days worth of cooking. So this biogas backpack trial is something which we've done. It's the first time the biogas backpack Uh, has been introduced in India. It's been done in Africa and we're working with a partner in Germany on these backpacks, uh, but hasn't been done in India. And uh, so so these are the kinds of, to give you a glimpse of where the direction which we're headed. Uh, And uh, other than that, yes, we would like to stay focused and just focus on scale. Wonderful. And yeah, I mean, this uh, the backpack uh, thing is, you know, taking that whole decentralized uh, model to a different level. So not just are you looking at, you know, uh, doing in-situ, you know, processing and, uh, you know, uh, generating biogas, but also now, you know, in a decentralized way of utilizing it through these backpacks, which is solving the problem of, let's say, access. Spot and, on, spot yeah. on, spot on. Because, for example, the whole residential sector for biogas is kind of uh, right. closed at the moment. Uh, or it's, there are the, the, there's an inherent barrier to entry, which is what do you do with the gas when you look at right. these large townships everywhere, right? So they all go in for these organic waste converters. Uh, some are happy with them, some are not so happy with them. Uh, you know, there are pros, there are cons. But basically, if you can mobilize biogas, right, right. Uh, then it allows you to set up to make a distinction between where biogas is being produced and where biogas is being consumed, which currently right now you can only do if you go down this bio CNG route, which is expensive, expensive, not just from a CapEx, but also from an OPEX point of view. Right. 
so, so by doing these things you know again we're coming right why are we doing all this we're doing all this so that you know it opens up the market for us and we can go back to these customers and say you know there could be buyback models you know if you don't want to use the gas the surplus gas we will pick up we will sell it in the market within a radius of 2 3 kilometers you know all of this is basically to improve the viability unit economics roi payback uh, and and therefore uh, uh, increase the adoption scale dissemination of our technology and hopefully grow our business wonderful and just put circular economy so well you know together kind of a thing uh, and and uh, yeah do you want to talk about your five year journey do you even think about it at this stage i know you know on, on any day it's like entrepreneurship right it's like you know uh, navigating through uh, the daily aspects uh, but uh, do you ever step back and think about what, what what's the five year picture for me uh, for saf um, and do you have any kind of context like scale in mind do you want to talk about it's it's a tough one because right a that you know i usually don't think that far ahead number okay. one but uh definitely i mean the vision is hopefully there right if right. you ask me of course i would imagine uh we would have our systems and we've got an loi for example for new zealand so if wow. i were to dream and if i were to work towards that dream i would imagine being able to go to new zealand and see our saf systems i would be able to imagine go to australia see our saf systems i would imagine go to right. west coast of california and see our saf systems uh india and different parts of the in the country of course we're already on the move so that really is the vision to and, and for me it's all about making sure that the team is kept busy we have more right. work than we, we than we can chew and i think if as long as we do that every all the numbers and everything will take care of themselves right right and I just got to make you know, sure yeah. the pipeline is pipeline Correct. pipeline pipeline it's all yeah, about the yeah. pipeline i hope the the whole partner model that you're trying in the other countries might just click you know and uh, and and that could lead to a lot a whole whole lot of orders uh, uh, and yeah i mean uh, hope that you know you you have several hundred orders in pipeline maybe uh, in your five uh that that uh, you look to that is definitely to. there on the business yeah. plan that's the yeah. aim that's the right. aim it's definitely doable especially when you're talking about modular systems correct you know uh if if i you know a two ton four ton five ton per day so there are two ways that we're looking at scale one is of course how many installations you sell that's one way to do it or two is how many tons of you know organic waste your uh we're we're treating and processing right so so those are the two indicators that we trying to keep track of because sometimes you may have uh you know m- multiple 5 ton per day projects which will right. give you a huge boost and uh, in terms of turnover in terms of top line in terms of other things so it's not only about the number of um, um, you know so called Uh, orders, yeah. yeah, orders or the number. It's also the quality of those orders. Wonderful, yeah. Makes yeah, makes quality sense. Yeah, quality of both. Yeah, of course. Great. I think uh, coming to the end of uh, all that we wanted to discuss. Maybe before we close, actually, uh, uh, given that you've been a serial entrepreneur, you've worn the investor's hat. Uh, so any any kind of uh, advice or guidance to you know potential entrepreneurs who are listening into this podcast uh, i know we've touched upon these things uh, at various points of this podcast but anything that you want to call out 
uh, as uh, you know inputs and hindsight uh, you know being uh, living the journey that you have lived so far to potential entrepreneurs yeah sure i mean first first you know i i get a little embarrassed about this you know putting an entrepreneur on a pedestal or innovator on a pedestal and stuff like that for me i don't think about those categories at all you know even when i was in mm. social alpha or whether i was here whether i was wearing that hat or this hat ultimately right. it's what is your purpose in life does this give you meaning does this give you right. uh, a reason to wake up right i think that's all it that's all it really is we all need some right. meaning in our lives this is the meaning that i get in my life and this is how i choose to contribute uh, in the limited time we all have that's about it right. uh, whether i do it as an investor entrepreneur innovator or this category or that category it really doesn't matter na uh, number 1 yeah no wonderful and then i'm glad you put it so simply and it is actually that simple and and yeah i mean uh, as, as long as it kind of meets your purpose you know you know that that is that is your calling kind of a thing and of course you know uh, you did also mention about the hustle of you know the daily hustle of being an entrepreneur and that doesn't uh, that is that is not any different for various sectors everyone has their challenges and you just need to kind of put your head down and work towards yeah i mean uh, anything anything else uh, yeah you want to add or uh in terms of what my message yeah i mean in terms of yeah of course the purpose of course is the existential aspect but anything with regard to the day to day aspects of uh, living a life of an entrepreneur any any anything you want to call out yeah for sure i think i think it's definitely not all rosy or not all hunky dory and there are a lot of moments you're on in this thing alone and i think we are now nowadays there's so much uh out there so i'm not right. the only one saying this so just just to say that yeah it's true it's definitely true there are lots of ups and downs in fact often there are more downs than ups um but you know you live for those 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 little ups uh you live for those little for the light at the end of the tunnel and that's what gives you that satisfaction and you just have to keep going you right. just have to keep going and believing believing is the key self belief is the most important thing as long as you don't lose self belief then i guess anything can be right. faced and overcome so of course and i have my i have so many days in which there are huge doubts especially right. in my case i can say that you know many times there's a there's a phrase which is in insanity is repeat you know doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result so sometimes mm. i keep wondering whether i'm insane mm. you know i've been in this sector for 10 years now and i'm doing the same thing i mean is this like groundhog day what's going to am i insane so you have all those moments of complete uh, self doubt and questioning and everything but it's part and parcel of the game and then like i said it comes back to the overarching thing that is what do i want to do with my life and right this is at the end of the day probably why i'm still doing what i'm doing is because this is what i want to do and i'll keep doing it until i make it a success right perfect and that that's that's the purpose right yeah wonderful that's the purpose so yeah yeah so, so yeah just having you know self uh, self uh, belief uh, kind of trumping over self doubt and you know uh, yes. that, that that's the mantra okay 
wonderful hashish and uh, we kind of coming to the end of the podcast and uh, we we have a set of standard questions that we ask entrepreneurs uh, in a way this is kind of uh, you know put them into the hot seat and uh, ask them a bunch of rapid fire questions not a lot just three so uh, so would uh, we would love to do that uh, what we call you know everyone receives a lot of you know advice uh, all during their entrepreneurial journeys uh, some of them you know that you ask for some of them you know quite unsolicited and uh, and you know you obviously you know take some of them and get influenced by it. you know ignore a bunch of them so here are a set of three you know our standard questions that we ask entrepreneurs about advice uh, so and and how it has kind of played a role uh, and reinforced some things and all of that so uh, are you ready yeah perfect so so ashish first question is one advice that you received which you followed through and uh, that proved to be helpful in your journey well the second innings it's off I mean mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing having this conversation here with you guys uh if it wasn't for social alpha and manoj uh booting me out and saying I got to get <laughs> back into the field so I I I was resisting to be honest and okay. burnt out a lot of uh like I said questioning whether I'm insane to do this again and stuff but uh really if it wasn't for that advice that I took uh you know you would I wouldn't be as excited and pumped up about staff energy today as uh, as i am wonderful yeah and i'm glad uh, manoj had that conversation with you and uh, yes i think you're on an exciting journey uh, the second question ashish is uh, one advice that you willingly ignored but that actually helped you willingly ignored okay i it's not helped me yet but one act, one thing i'm going to willingly ignore is uh, you know there is a i was advised recently by Uh, it was fantastic overall advice that i received was amazing but one thing that i def- i i did say that i may not subscribe to and i certainly want to prove wrong is the fact that you know biogas plants uh, made in india can be accepted adopted in the united states in places like california and i think i was trying to the the, the advisor was trying to talk me out of it uh, you know from a point of view that basically that you know the us market expects looks at indian products or developing country products differently and uh, maybe thinks that they are cheap and and etc etc okay. and therefore one shouldn't really set one sights on the us market or at least think several times before uh, doing so but i don't that's an advice i'm going to uh, gratefully accept but willingly ignore and definitely you will see a saf energy system in california uh, very soon fingers crossed and definitely uh, i think india is rooting for you uh, ashish and uh, and that's how we'll you know realize our atmanirbhar mission of yes. you know taking world class uh, products from india to uh, to outside absolutely to the us so make uh, in india made for the world is our mantra wonderful wonderful uh and and the last but not the least you know one advice uh, you should have followed and you know, you know from a hindsight point of view uh, it would have made sense so what 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 is that i think uh, one advice i should have followed and maybe still today should follow a bit is uh, taking a salary as an uh, as a founder co-founder taking a decent salary or a whatever fair i'm not <laughs> saying it should definitely not market equivalent salary but some kind of a salary which is needs to be taken I, in social in this particular venture of uh, 2.0 this innings i am following that advice in my right. first innings i didn't do that and in the end of it till today 4 years 5 years later i am trying to get my salary 
out of the previous company so my advice would be that uh, you know at this while of course it's important to prioritize the company it's important to make sure everyone else is paid first and all those things but at the same time one should value oneself enough to at least make sure that one's drawing something that can take care of your own expenses right no very interesting thought actually yeah and in a way this is uh, going back i mean so that you know that uh, like you said you rightly said you know value that that effort that you're putting in so that you know in moments of you know looking back and in maybe in moments of crisis you still you know uh, don't don't have that kind of self doubt and you know things like that is that right i'm absolutely. just think yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i mean it should be discussed with your investors and uh, discussed with Uh, people who backed you obviously and i'm not talking about taking fancy checks and things like that but there needs to be some kind of a balance and in my case there was no balance in the first uh, case itself and i ended up uh, in a very very dicey financial situation right. uh, and of course you know also one of the other things i tell the founders is if you even if you have that backing and safety net and so on like from a family perspective or whatever that doesn't mean that you don't you 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 know you don't uh, compensate yourself or you don't right. uh, value yourself so i think that's one Wonderful. mistake i made thinking that okay you know i don't need to do it i'll it's okay some i've got i'm i have a roof over my head and stuff like that but right. at the same time maybe that was one that was also uh, somewhere there was a self doubt mm-hmm. that do i really deserve to take this 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 salary or right. have i earned it have i earned it so you keep those questions keep coming up so just have that open conversation with the uh, with your stakeholders investors what what you think is a decent balance and right. and and that will also motivate you to because you know that you then have to contribute twice as much right so rather than not take it and then you know later on have all this resentment and things like that Uh, i think find that balance and uh, then for you know where you don't have to then worry about yourself too much and you just worry about the the company right no very good advice actually to uh, all entrepreneurs and uh, I, i think living that journey as an entrepreneur and going through those ups and downs this is quality advice uh, for someone starting out and kind of valuing their time energy and uh, and yeah i mean um, having a little bit of a you know cash flow uh, upfront uh, doesn't hurt in fact uh, perhaps boosts you to do much more in terms of unlocking more value for everyone including your stakeholders so and then you uh, can give yeah. you know find that little balance where you can then give yourself completely you know to to your company to your right. social enterprise and not constantly be looking on linkedin when something fancy pops up and like oh should i apply for this job now <laughs> it looks really cool so that's you know? a great point yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and of course you know all entrepreneurs are exposed to that and of course uh, you know it's it's of course obviously exciting time to be an entrepreneur but also it's quite exciting to be part of an another venture as well so yeah i think uh, great great uh, great inputs to anyone listening and and being on the fence wonderful ashish uh, it's always uh, a pleasure we we used to do these kind of conversations more inside a same room which we used to call our portfolio adda <laughs> but now you know our war room and uh, no it's good that we're doing this virtually now and uh, but 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 yeah it's been a wonderful uh, conversation we touched upon several aspects and uh, we of course are rooting for you and saf uh, to be uh, uh, to be the ma- make in india and made for the world uh, product and many more hundreds of installations uh, to come up 
so thank you for doing this for us inshallah inshallah definitely and uh, and i know our, our, our arogya coffee session is due so we'll do that very soon and thank Absolutely. you for doing this and uh, thank you so a- much shrikant and thank you so much social alpha uh, for everyone listening you know it's your one stop shop as an entrepreneur as an innovator as anyone who's trying to do something good out there for this world for this country you know just head straight to arogya have your coffee and then go <laughs> down the road and knock on manoj's door and social alpha's door that's all wonderful thank, and i know they i know we'll find shrikant there anyway <laughs> yeah thank you for saying that ashish and uh, and yes uh, thanks for thanks for saying that because yeah it, it, like although we, we didn't pay you for that publicity thank you for doing that and uh, uh, and thanks for the t- uh, spending the time today uh, have a good day thank you so much thanks shrikant thank you everyone bye bye Okay we'll stop the recording